And we are back with the Running Lifestyle Culture podcast. I'm really, really happy to invite Lydia O'Donnell onto the podcast. Hello, how are you? Hey, Manny. I'm really good. I'm excited to be here and to chat to you. Thank you. From New Zealand, right? Yes, from New Zealand, born and bred, but I am currently living in Melbourne, Australia. Cool. <clears throat> so on the podcast, I always allow the guests to give an intro you've given us a little bit there of where you are at the moment but just just take us take us kind of through Lydia's uh bio if you would who you are <laughs> what you do yeah sure well um I am a running coach so I've been running as I would say a competitive athlete pretty much my whole life I started athletics when I was about maybe seven or eight years old and continued to run through high school um, and then kind of turned a bit more, I guess, elite or serious when I turned probably around 20 years old and uh, spent the last 10 years of just kind of on the grind, running, trying to um, perform at my best, but also make a career out of the sport. I guess running for me has been something that has it's been a lifestyle thing for me and I've just always loved it and it's been something that I dreamt of making a career from, but I never really believed that I would because I don't think I'm I'm probably not quite good enough to be a, a professional runner um, and so if you can't be a professional what are you and so I just kind of ran and, and um, I'm now just kind of built this career that I'm helping other people run and coaching them and so I'm based in Melbourne um, I have my own online coaching business so nice. I work with people over email mostly and yeah. um, it's people from all around the world and then I work for Nike as the Nike Run Coach here in the Pacific. So uh, I kind of, my whole life is running, really. <laughs> but it's good, it's a good life. <laughs> it is. And I would I would kind of argue the fact, you know, if you can't make it professional, sometimes I think there's 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 merit and there's something in kind of the the standard you've got to. Because I, I'm, I've looked through your Instagram and recently you've done some some unbelievable races didn't you do a 5k on the track what was it like a like a qualifying 5k what was it uh no it wasn't a qualifier i actually hadn't um run a 5k probably for about a year and i just i've been in marathon training for the last year and then i just decided to jump on the track over the summer and just kind of head out and see what i could do and i ended up taking about 30 seconds off my 5k pb so i've got it down to 15 42 now which it's probably a time I never thought that That's I would unbelievable. Be going to run. Yeah. <laughs> I surprised myself and now I'm like considering maybe getting back on the track for a bit. But uh it's good. The tracks are different from marathon running. But but there was a that field was really full of some talented women, wasn't there? Yeah, um it was actually Australian national five K camp. There you go. I well, looking at the field, I wouldn't have entered myself. So my best friend actually jumped online and entered me into the race without even telling me that it was national. Nice. <laughs> and, and it wasn't until like a, a, a week later when I got accepted into the race and realised that it was such a big deal that I was kind of freaking out a bit. But um, I'm so glad I did it and so glad she entered me because that kind of, those being against girls at that standard just pull you along so much and it made such a difference to my PB. So that helped a lot. Amazing amazing so like what's the what's so your friend is she a training partner or the one that, that signed you up is she 
Yeah, if somebody he's, pushes so you. He's my, one of my best friends. So we um, met in New Zealand. She's also a Kiwi. She's a, a very good track runner. So she runs more 800s and 15. And uh, we met probably about 10 years ago now. And um, we've kind of been through this journey of like trying to make it as a runner, but also trying to, you know, get, get by and just live yeah. <laughs> like a normal person as well yeah. um, together over the last 10 years. And she actually moved to Melbourne before me. And um, she kind of opened my eyes up to how amazing the running culture is over here as well so yeah I kind of thank her for a lot nice and in terms of culture do you have like a big group that you train with like what's the 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 running yeah, culture the, like the, in, the Melbourne um, well Melbourne is probably the, the best place in Australia for running the culture here is just insane there's so many athletes and so many people who just like vibe the sport so much and so I train with a group called Hunter Athletics and yeah. it's a huge run group that um, has all abilities of runners from, you know, beginners all the way up to your more serious or elite runners. And we, we, we were running together. I mean, we were getting 150 people along to our session. Wow. So it's pretty amazing. We're running around a 500-meter track. Yeah. And there's hundreds of us out there. Yeah. But it's just so cool. Like, the vibe is amazing. Everyone's so welcoming. It's just, um, you know, turning up there and kind of no matter what speed you are, you're going to have someone to run with. That's great. So, yeah. That for me is amazing. Like having training partners to push you. Because back in New Zealand, I just trained by myself every single day. So oh, did you? Here and having a group of boys to run with. Yeah, amazing. yeah. So you train, you train with the guys. You beat them. <laughs> oh, there's some pretty fast guys there. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I, I, I like to be competitive with the boys. Yeah. That's it. That's what we're talking about. That's what I like to hear. And how do you, so, you know, training with the guys helps you get faster. Are there any other things that you utilize, I guess, to, to get faster? And like, what, what would you, what are things that you're like, yeah, that's what I really like in terms of <clears throat> my approach when I'm coaching people or just my approach when I'm thinking about myself? What are things that you pick up on and, and utilize to get faster? Yeah, I think like my, uh, when I when I think about myself, I don't coach myself. I have a coach as well who kind of inputs into my own training who I've worked with for years, and he's based in New Zealand. But um, when I think about my own program versus a program I would give to most people that I coach, it'd be quite different, just because I've been running for so long. Yeah. So I, you know, I have had those years in my legs, and I've had all that experience behind me, and we all know like running just is all about consistency over time. So um, it's the years and years of training where for me to get faster, it's kind of just running big miles. Mm-hmm. Well, fortunately, unfortunately, some people can run well off smaller miles, but yeah. I just am one of the runners who need the miles in my legs. Mm-hmm. So um, it is focusing on trying to get some really quality um, miles under my belt each week. Yeah. But then I usually only do one or two speed sessions a week. Um depending on kind of what I'm training for. Mm-hmm. But when I'm talking to most of my athletes who I coach all around the world who are all very um, experienced and ability in running, it really depends on how much they have run and mm. how, what they're used to, what they're conditioned to. So, But when I say that, most of those guys, they only get to do one session a week as well. So yeah. that's like a hard speed session. And then yeah. the rest of their runs are either steady runs, maybe strides, long runs, or easy runs. Mm-hmm. But those speed sessions are quality sessions um, and then the rest of the time it's more about like rest and recovery. Nice. So if if somebody is listening and they want to just pick your brain, take one thing from you to get faster, 
what would you say to them? They're new. They're brand new. Brand new to the sport. They started in the last <laughs> eight weeks. Well, I think I'd initially say be patient because it yeah. does take time to get there. But I think speed sessions are just key. I mean, I've worked with people who have run their entire lives but never done speed sessions. Yeah. And they'll introduce a speed, a speed <laughs> session into their program and immediately they're just going to be dropping time from their 5 or 10k TV. So um, those speed sessions might vary between like sparkle sessions or interval sessions, but it's just getting the legs turning over a little bit quicker and just building a little bit of pace in their legs that a lot of people have never done before. So um, I think one speed session a week is a a great way to introduce the speed and work on your, your strength and your speed as well. So I did, I've just done a speed session. I was a bit late for the podcast and thanks to Lydia, she was patient. <laughs> um, but what do you think about this? I'll allow it for <laughs> What do you think about this session I did this morning? And similarly, I've got a coach. So he set me up with two minutes on, two minutes off times six. This is one of my favorites. Mm-hmm. It's like a staple. So yeah, anybody, awesome. anybody listening, that's my little kind of like, it's my bread and butter. It's like, that's one and of the, how like, fast is your two minutes on and your two minutes off like what's the difference between the, the <clears throat> um so my two minutes on was like pretty much like all out so if we were talking in in miles it was like five minutes 20 seconds per mile and then um yeah. the the off was just like really 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 slow jog um and yeah so it's just basically trying to just maintain um, I always say to people, don't fly and die. So don't do the first minute as hard as possible. And then the second minute, you're yeah. kind of like dying. Um, but do you have any sessions like that, that you'd probably give to the listeners as a little kind of takeaway, bite size? Is there one that you oh, like? Yeah. Well, I love fartlek sessions because I feel like it makes the brain go so much quicker. Yeah. Um, so the two on, two off is great. I like a fartlek ladder. So... I do this one quite regularly. I actually haven't done it for a while, but I used to do it quite a lot yeah. where you do um, a four minutes and then four minutes on, one minute off, then two, three minutes on with a minute off between each one, then yeah. three, two minutes on Ooh. with a minute off in between each one, and then four, one minute on, Ooh. one minute off. So you kind of... Start off quite steady in the four minutes, and then yeah. by the time you hit the one minute effort, you want to be moving pretty quickly. Nice. But trying to keep your off quite consistent. So, okay. Um, yeah, it might not be a full on jog, it might be more of a float. Yeah. So, not completely pulling the pace back. But yeah. those sessions I love because you can do them, you know, once a month or once every two months. And yeah. you can track your distance of what you cover in the time and compare your distances and your progression over time. So it's nice. a really good one. And I, I find fartlek training gets you pretty fit pretty fast. Yeah. I really like fartlek. And I think sometimes what happens, though, with fartlek, especially with somebody new, <clears throat> is um, the intensity drops. Because obviously you, the yeah. power and the strength isn't there at, at, the, at the beginning. Um, so yeah. um, that's why I quite like... Uh, a, a kind of rest um but as you say you know the more experienced you are the rest can be moderated and you can like have a bit more totally. have a bit more of a flow yeah. which which is amazing the, so. amount, the amount of times i've seen people go out and do fight look sessions and end up running one pace the entire time i can't even <laughs> <laughs> i'm like no yeah you need to slow down in your recovery job definitely so you can go faster in your effort yeah i think um the more experienced you are, though, the, the the gearing, right? So understanding which gear is which and understanding, like, where your pace is. I think when you 
like as Lydia and I have been running for a while, we probably can get to this point and you just start to get to a point where you understand this is a pace I can maintain for the period of time. Um, but I think it's it's, yeah. it's definite trial and error, right? We've we've probably made some serious yeah. errors <laughs> along the oh, way. hundred <laughs> percent. But I, I mean, with those beginner runners who you know maybe have never done speed sessions before, I think it's a really fun time to figure out what pace feels like what. So it's all about like tuning into your mind and figuring out yeah exactly what you said. How does this feel? Yeah. What pace am I running? How does it feel in the rest? Can I recover without having to stop? That yeah. sort of thing. So. It's a nice place to be. Are you a big? Um, do you look at your watch a lot during sessions? Do you do you think, or do you uh, go on? Do you go on feel? I it depends what session it is. I think if it's like an interval session where it's a set specific distance and I'm wanting to hit specific paces for those distances, yes, I would watch my watch quite a bit. Mm. Um, only because I probably like we were saying go out too far. So yeah. it's a good way to hold myself back. Yeah. Um, but if it's more of a Bartlett session and I just want to run to feel, then no, I won't watch watch it all because I just, you know, when you're doing a Bartlett session, pace is almost just, you don't need it, even need to know it because you just want to run off how you feel. So, Effort, yeah. Um, Definitely. Yeah. <clears throat> what um, other tips would you give to new runners? So we've talked about patience, we've talked about using some speed work. Are there any other things that you're like, when I started running, I wish I knew that? I think like the expectation thing is really big. A lot of people, um, it probably relates to the patients, no, but um, a lot of people think, you know, that if they start running, they will, you know, after a couple of weeks, they'll immediate, immediately be able to just cover a certain distance. But you, and they, they potentially could, um, but you just need to realize you need to pull it back a little bit and give running the respect it deserves and kind of give it the time it needs to be able to be conditioned to be able to handle the load. Mm. so don't be like in six weeks I want to run 10k's and that's my goal and I have to hit it and it's going to be easy you know like running isn't easy it takes time and to be able to make it sustainable and a lifestyle you need to give it that time so um even if you have to run run walk your sessions for the first three four five six weeks even do it because you're building this like long-term relationship with the sport versus just going out and smashing yourself for the first three weeks and yeah. then being sore, hating it, not enjoying your runs and yeah. just giving up. So the expectation thing I think is super important for people who are coming into the sport. Um, and then make it fun as well. Like I think running with friends, if you can, you know, even if it's virtually at the moment and you're calling people while you're out on your run, Whatever you can do to kind of distract yourself if you are in pain or you aren't enjoying yourself to be able to kind of tune out from it, that's a really important thing. I think connection through the sport is super important. And um, I know it is just one foot in front of the other, but there are so many facets of the sport which are so important that I think if you're coming into the sport, um, learning kind of what else goes on around the sport, the culture of the sport is super important as well. So connection to other runners is super important. Nice. And... When we talk about kind of like, you know, outside the sport, what 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 do you do kind of food wise? Do you do you have any specific diet? I mean, for me, I enjoy running because it means I can eat anything <laughs> within reason. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, so I, I love cakes and I love donuts. Um, <laughs> I I'm pretty um, flexible with my diet to be honest. Like I I don't put any too um, too many restrictions on myself because mm. I think. Um, we're pretty lucky to be in a position where we can eat what we want. 
but obviously we need to nourish our bodies because we are exerting so much energy. We need yeah. to make sure that we're giving it the right amount of energy to be able to get the most out of ourselves. So nutrition is probably something I've spent the last, you know, two or three years really focusing on. And um, I don't, I don't really eat too much meat. I eat fish mainly and seafood, but mm. I don't really eat too much meat. That's probably just a choice I made about maybe like nine months ago, and I feel good about it like my body feels good the way I've responded so um it's probably something that I'll stick to for all good now um but I eat a lot of carbohydrates (laughs) I love pasta and pizza and I eat a lot of bread whereas I think I um actually went through a stage probably about five years ago now when um sad diets were gotten around and um went off carbohydrates for about six months and it was kind of just the thing to do and being naive and thinking that it was going to help me as an athlete, I just jumped on board and um, it's really got thrown back in my face, to be honest. I think like maybe about a year later, I started suffering from chronic fatigue mm. and suffered for, from chronic fatigue for a long time. And I think there were a lot of things that kind of um, added to leading down that path, but definitely coming awake and not eating enough food and not eating carbohydrates definitely affected me. So um, now I'm all for the carbs. There you go. There you go. Any listeners out there who hates carbs, don't, don't I think do it's it. Making, <laughs> it's just making the most of the right food at the right time, to be honest. Like I, before most runs now, um, pretty much every morning I'll get up and have toast with a coffee before my run. Yeah. Um, and then I come back and I'll have, you know, eggs on toast after my run. So I'm getting protein and carbs. And what I think a lot of, um, especially females, don't understand is how important carbohydrates are for our, our gut health. And the, um, uh, our, there's a bacteria in our gut that feeds off carbohydrates. And if we're not eating carbohydrates, the gut, that, that bacteria goes to sleep. And then we end up not being able to process food. And it's kind of what leads to chronic fatigue. So, um, yeah, it's making sure that you're eating the right food at the right time, but not depriving yourself of things that you love as well. Amazing. Sight. And can you tell us what does running really do for you? Um, what what does it what does it give you? Well, uh, running. <laughs> I mean, I've been running my whole life, so it's, for me, it is something that is um, ingrained in me. I think um, without it, I don't really know where I'd be. I kind of thank running for a lot of things in my life. I. I was obviously running through high school, like I said, and then coming out of high school, I stepped away from running for a while and went down a pretty dark hole of mental health, and I kind of struggled with quite a few things, um, as a lot of teenagers do, trying to figure out who we are as people and what our purpose is, and without running being there, I really got quite lost in myself, and it was about probably 18 months of being in quite a dark place where I realized that without running, I, I didn't know who I was and I, I needed running to pull me back on the right path and so um, I eventually started running again super unfit and I'm so glad I did this because I know I know what it's like to you know start again and um, I eventually built, built my fitness back up and built my running you know path back up and um, from there I really learned the benefits and of how important running is for our mental health and I think, I mean, any form of movement is amazing, um, but running is definitely one of those movements that is quite meditational. I mean, it takes a a while to get there, and once you can get into that space where you are going out, you are 
getting lost in your thoughts, you are going into a meditative state. It's amazing what that can do for your mental health and your physical health, nice. obviously. But yeah. for me, I focus on my mental health. And so running for me has, you know, it's built a purpose in my life. It's built self-confidence. Like I wouldn't believe I could ever have. Um, it's just built this pathway that is, creating a career for me i mean there's so many things i can thank running for the people i've met that um that will be lifelong friends as well so it is obviously just a sport and it is one foot in front of the other it's a very simple and pure form of moving but mm. um there is so much more to it that i yeah i am so thankful for and in um in saying that you've met kind of you know lots of different people we have a mutual friend right lauren Yes, Lauren who, Kennedy. Who Hi, introduced, Lauren. Who introduced us. So big shout out to Lauren for introducing us. Um, yeah. And this awesome. podcast would not be happening without her. So um, I've been yeah. working with Lauren here in London. And I know you've worked with Lauren um, back home. And I think she's she's great and amazing person. Yeah. Um, and yeah, she's, she's just incredible. Yeah. So, she, was one, she was one of our um, Nike Run Club paces. Yeah. Very loyal. She turned up every week, no matter what the weather was like, no matter if one person was turning up to run club, she would be there to take that one person. Um, she's just yeah, definitely one of the gems I've met through the sport, and I know for a fact we'll be lifelong friends. Yeah, good person. Same here. Very good person. Um, okay, so training. Have you had any things that really, you know, worry you when you train? Is there is there stuff that you kind of like? when you're training you get concerned about like hitting the pace or you know getting enough sleep i know i i worry about getting enough sleep and getting enough food are there things yeah. that you you kind of like monitor um to be honest like i i think the only thing that worries me about running is not running <laughs> i think like um i just i think I definitely struggle with the fact if I can't run, like if it's injuries or if it's travel or if it's work stresses and there's, what, there's something that stops you from running. Yeah. I get super stressed about that. Like if I can't get my run in the midday, mm. it's something that I, I can, I'm happy to put my hand up and say I'm a bit good. Yeah. Um, but it is something that I need every day in my life. So the not running thing is huge for me. But mm. in terms of actual training, I, I do, even now, like I know I've been running forever, but I still get nervous for a lot of my long runs or my hard sessions. So, yeah, I, I do that. too, actually. I get nervous. Yeah. It's, it's kind of a nice nervous, though, yeah. and I think it's because I care and I, I put a pressure on myself to hit specific paces mm. or run a certain distance in my long run or keep up with the boys, whatever it is. Like, um, I, that definitely gives me that little nervous. Like, a, sun, a Saturday night before a long run on a Sunday, I'm kind of like... I don't know, excited, but nervous, but um, nervous it's a nice feeling. And, yeah. Um, yeah, it's, and it's, I think that the nervous and excited feeling you feel before a session or a long run creates an even more of a sense of satisfaction once it's done, mm -hmm. you know, because you were, you were so nervous for it. Once you do do it, even if you aren't hitting paces, but you complete a session, there's no feeling like it. So yeah. I think, um, yeah, that's, that's the best feeling in the world. Nice. And have you had any kind of um, challenges on your running journey? Any difficult times that you kind of had to really dig deep? And what did you do? Uh, like I said, when I when I stopped running when I was about eighteen years old, that was definitely a difficult time for me. 
um, working through that um, pathway of like, who am I and what am I doing? And do I even want to kind of go into the more serious running world? And is that the right thing for me? Like, I think taking a step out of the sport made me realize how much I respect it and how much I did want it. Um, so that was hard. And I think another time, like a couple of other times, obviously like injuries that we all deal with as athletes, no matter how elite or non-elite we are, like we all get injured. And, yeah. Um, it's kind of not a question of if it's when, when are you going to get injured and yeah. how are you going to deal with it? Yeah. Um, and so for me, I, I actually initially got ITB syndrome probably about eight years ago. Mm-hmm. And, um, it was pretty serious at the time. I was based in Auckland and I think I went without running for about eight months because I just had never experienced the pain before and mm. I'd never experienced the injury before. Mm. And I went to see so many different health professionals who weren't really helping and weren't really doing anything to kind of alleviate the pain or even get me out the door. It was so severe that I couldn't even really pick my leg up. Mm-hmm. Um, and then about eight months later, um, after probably about four or five months, I just stopped seeing health professionals because I was like, what's the point? It's not getting better. Yeah. Um, and then a, a friend suggested to go and see a certain guy who did dry needling. Um, and so I went and saw him and I was back running with him about two weeks. So um, not saying that's the one cure for ITB syndrome, but it's something that definitely worked for me yeah. that, and a lot of strength, strength work. So. I still to this day suffer ITB syndrome and it comes and it goes and it's just one of those things that I've just learned to manage throughout my running career mm. um, as well as I do have a hamstring tendinopathy. So there's, there's a couple of, I'd call them niggles, mm-hmm. not injury. They just um, flare up every now and then, but I, I know what I need to do to be able to kind of um, take the pain away and work with them and um, be able to continue to train with them. So I haven't really had any other than that, touch wood, I haven't really had any serious, serious mm. injuries and no bone-related injuries. I'm pretty lucky. Um, Amazing. But yeah, yeah, I think that's probably the, the worst thing. And that's, that's, and, that's and that, sure. and you know, you, you've managed to do that and run how fast in a marathon? <laughs> well, so yeah, last year I ran 238 and what? I hit a pretty severe nice. hand. Nice. <laughs> nice but i think also there's this theory that um within like sports medicine that you you never ever are 100 percent. you're always kind of containing some sort of um some sort of injury because if you don't push the limits you never change the tissue and when you're changing the tissue there's an element that that tissue will cause yeah. irritation or and and it doesn't always mean that it's damaged you could have some pain signals that you know um, that are giving you indications that yeah you're working really hard and you're probably at the peak of your performance and you're at that limit and if you're not at that limit then you can't perform to your best so um, that's me yeah. that's me being a physio there just for a few seconds in this podcast <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm, I'm glad you're here to say that <laughs> Lydia you have given us some knowledge bombs on this podcast I really appreciate you coming on now, this is the surprise that I mentioned earlier before the podcast. We need your track of the podcast. So you just need to give us one track that maybe just, you know, signifies you as your personality or just tells us who you are. One track, and I'm going to play a snippet of that track at the end of the podcast. So whichever song you'd like. <laughs> oh, okay. That's a um, tough question. Um, I quite like, oh, to be honest, I love all music. Yeah. Um, but 
I'd say old school hip hop is probably like my favorite okay. to jam to. Yeah. Um, oh, how can I pick one song? One song. Um, I'd probably say Nas. Nas. I was going. I thought, I thought you were going to say Nas. That Il, <laughs> Il, Illmatic's an album, right? Do you like Illmatic? Illmatic's yeah. the best. The best yeah. album. Right? Um, I'd probably say um. This world is, the world is yours. Yep, cool. We'll play a snippet yeah. of The World Is Yours. Nice. Thank you so much, Lydia. Um, and this has been the Running Lifestyle Culture Podcast. Lydia, thank you very much for coming on. No worries. Thank you for having me. Here we are with Nas. The world is yours. You have been listening to the Running Lifestyle Culture Podcast. Coach Manny, out. Mm-hmm.